You're listening to The Holdcast with Jack Grimsey and Robert Lintott. Hello everyone, it's January, that means the transfer window is opening and we're excited to talk about it today on the Holdcast. I'm your host, Jack Grimsey, alongside Robert Lintot, and we've been off for a little bit, took a couple weeks off for the holiday period, but we're back. We're going to be talking everything Aston Villa, recent fixtures, upcoming games, and as I previously mentioned, transfers. All that in just a moment. Hey Robert, how's it going? Just it's going Aston wonderfully. Villa, sorry, Aston Villa just sold... Rudy just stead, and I think that's the the first thing of the transfer window. I know you're looking forward to some, hopefully, some new players at Villa. Yeah, I think you know it's about time that we saw some new players. You know, I think what we really need is a great, experienced goalkeeper. You know, some sort of like twenty eight, twenty nine year old, someone, someone who fixes the errors that Steve Bruce seems to see in uh, Pierluigi Golini. So, what have you got for me? Well. First first news of the day is that we got Sam Johnston on loan from Manchester United. No, oh, so he's like some, you know, super experienced guy, right? Um, actually he's 23. Ah, oh, crap. I mean, yeah, this is the problem. This is sort of what we've been expecting. Um, I don't know why this particular move is making me so irritated, but I really like Pierluigi Galuni. I think he's got a lot of potential. And he sort of senselessly got benched for Mark Bunn under the premise that he's too young and inexperienced. Okay, I don't buy it, but if that's your idea, fine, cool, go sign someone more experienced. And we go along and we sign, even on loan, the third-choice Manchester United 23-year-old goalkeeper. That makes no frickin' sense whatsoever. So you'd probably be thinking proven championship goalkeeper, I don't know, someone like Robert Green or something, but you know, you maybe not not Robert Green obviously, but someone like that. And so looking at the stats, Johnston has 23 appearances in the championship. He's kept five clean sheets. And pe- people thought that's good, but okay, Golini has 20 appearances. He's kept six. Yeah. It's I my anchor at this is not the fact that I think Johnston is going to be bad, because I think he'll probably be decent. Um, he might even be an improvement over either Galini or Bun, but I'm not sure if he's going to be a significant improvement. And I still really don't understand why the desire to bench Golini. He was playing pretty darn well, given the fact that he's so young. Um, like you said, six clean sheets, that's not bad. That's kind of what we wanted out of someone. I thought he had been pretty consistent. And yeah, he had some mental mistakes and some dumb errors, but I don't think that's enough reason to bench him. And certainly not if you don't have a great alternative. From what I remember, those were more under Di Matteo as well. Yeah, it's true. He was he was definitely flourishing as the season went on. Um, but, you know, just for the sake of argument, I'm willing to say, okay, maybe he shouldn't be the first choice, but you've got to actually improve if you want to bench him. And we yeah, I'd be, I'd be willing, willing to try other options. Like, you know, you got to sometimes give Bun a game to, you know, to fire Galini up or to get him, you know, he, he has to stay focused as that and you need real competition. So I think Johnson's good from that perspective. And if we, we've loaned him and if he sits on the bench the whole season and it makes Galini play well, that's great. But Galini is someone who could be Aston Villa's goalkeeper for the next like 10 or 15 years. And exactly. And, and we're pissing that away. I mean, he's, he's probably the best available Italian goalkeeping prospect right now. And yes, he's young and yes, he can make mistakes, but he's already better than anything we had last season. Um, and his only room to grow is upwards. He's going to get better. Yeah, exactly. Like, the the Galini we have now is going to be the worst version of him that we'll ever see at Villa. There's no way he's going to get any worse. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, Mark Bunn hasn't been terrible, but he's been making stupid mistakes just as often, if not slightly a little bit more, than Golini was. So, Mark Bunn isn't the option, and Johnston is gonna be fine but i don't think he's going to be a major upgrade either i could be wrong yeah i I mean i like johnson only because he costs very little you know if you're gonna if you're gonna make any goalkeeper move that's the right decision 
Except so, I'm not sure if I agree with that. I think if you're going to make a goalkeeper move when you have a pretty good first choice in Pierluigi Golini, if you're going to make a good a goalkeeper move, you've actually got to splash some cash and get someone worth an actual upgrade, I think. Well, Golini was like, what, like $4 million this summer? So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they're, they would spend more at, at goalkeeper. I don't know, but... Well, in that case, stick with the one you spent money on. Exactly. He hasn't given, yeah, yeah. He hasn't given any reason to bench him. It's not like when Brad Guzan was bad or when, you know, when Shea Given decided to be horrible. Um, you know, there there were mistakes, again, but it wasn't cripplingly bad. He was not the weak spot in this team. Yeah, and Galini in those those 20 games, he's given up what 17 goals and Johnston in 23 games has given up 34 goals yeah so twice as many goals in three more games I really do not get this at all um and it makes me mad more because it seems like just more flailing around it's it's not that this move is going to doom us. It's not that this move screws us over. It's not even that, you know, benching Pierluigi Golini is going to screw Aston Villa over. It's more about the philosophy behind it all. Why are we doing this? What's the purpose? And it's hard to see any. It's just very short-sighted. And my opinion is right now, if Villa are not going to go up, obviously. You look at the table, that's what it is. Without significant improvement, they're not going to go up, and someone like Sam Johnston isn't going to do the business. Yep, absolutely. And it's not worth sacrificing the future for the present. It's like if we decided to sell Amavi for $25 million just because we could reinvest it in an, another, I don't know, another player for this year, we still might not go up. Yeah, exactly. It's... That's my issue. It's, it sounds like I'm I'm willing to die on the hill of Pierluigi Golini, and I like Golini a lot. Oh, I'm, if, I'm, I am as well. I mean, You if, should only, if, always play the younger guy. Yeah, but I mean, listen, if, if we want to do something different, that's fine. I really don't care that much about Golini, the player. I care about the idea of we're benching him because he's young. Here's our replacement, a 23-year-old. That's some garbage logic. Yeah, because Galini's 21. Yeah, terrible logic. Yeah, yeah. And, and from what we can see, based on stats in the championship, Galini's the better option. Um, so just that's what gets me, is not the player himself. It's the logic and the thinking behind this move. He got, benched, me he got benched after we- Norwich, and he gave up one goal. Before that was Wigan, gave him no goals. Before that, Leeds, two goals. And then... One goal in the four matches before that. Clean sheet against Fulham, one goal in the four matches before that. Another clean sheet, and then one goal. So he's only given up two goals once in September? Yeah. And I mean... That's outrageous. Yeah, that's that's exactly what you want from your keeper. Yeah, um, and when you think that... Look who's changed in defense. Elphick hasn't been playing. Okay, so that's good. Mm-hmm. Baker and Chester actually pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. That's actually been one of the highlights of Villa in the you first know? half of the season. I thought. Yeah, I've I've actually been really really glad Nathan Baker. You know, we knew he could do this, but he's just staying healthy is always the issue for him. So it's it's been good to see. But yeah, um, I I do sort of wonder now is is Nathan Baker just a really good championship defender, or would this translate if Villa were to get promoted? Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, it's. I think it's clear that he is, uh, in fact, a pretty good championship defender. But, I mean, we'd have to see. He has, he has the physical traits that would make him useful in the Premier League, you know, and he'd, he'd be solid, but... Yeah. Um. So, that's yeah, our Golini it, news. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry yeah, that I, our... I got so irritated about that. No, for sure. I think as we're talking about, because it's really a whole policy issue, Um. but... Yeah, the another thing that happened, Rudy Justed left for Middlesbrough. Um, I think everyone would have hoped his Villa career went a little bit better, but it's still is kind of a weird decision because he was coming off the bench, but I think he was a good super sub that offered something different that now the team doesn't have. Yeah, you know, I, I agree with that as well. You can't just chuck Baker up front. You need like <laughs> Gabby. 
you know, okay, Gabby's completely useless. Mm-hmm. You don't I mean, have to use him. Buy someone else. Don't register him in the squad. I don't care. You know, like, I don't know. It, because, you, okay, hopefully Russian Hepburn Murphy can play. Now, what, he's turning 18 and then can sign a contract and Tony's going to play him so he doesn't lose him for free, but he's not the same type of player. Yeah, it's true. And, you know, I feel like Justed got hurt by a lot of mismanagement here. It became pretty clear that his best role was coming on in about the 60th to 70th minute and just providing all that energy because when he was able to do that, he changed the way that Aston Villa played and he made it so that, you know, there was that new energy and a new style. He actually looked like he could usually create chances. At yeah, that and he even finished them. This year he had a goal per 188 minutes. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I guess the downside is he wasn't a player who looked good starting. He was always going to be a sub, um, which there's a use for that. And if you can get someone who does better as a starter and a sub, then cool. But... It seemed to me for six million pounds to be the sort of sale that, like, what do we actually benefit from this? I mean, we did we did take a loss of like close to half a million, a little more than that. Yeah, but I mean, at, at well, that, that that's point, what I happens when you go down to the championship. Yeah, but it's just you know, is it really worth six million dollars or six million pounds to lose a pretty good and effective bench option and you know, leave us with Gabby Agbonlahor in his stead? Yeah, I would much rather have done something like take a six million pound loss on Ross McCormick. Mm-hmm. You know, just sell him, sell him off for eight million, or I don't know, whatever. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And and there's been talk that he might be headed out too. Um, and and the club would be taking a loss on him, I think. Oh, we we almost absolutely would have to. When he signed, he was the highest championship fee ever, and he's done pretty much nothing since then. Yeah, he hit the uh, post last game. Yeah, but it's, you know, it's a matter of, at this point, do you sell him? I, I don't know. I could see selling him for the sake of he's not doing much, uh, and you just cut your losses, but on the other hand, you know, what are we going to get for him at this point, given how bad he's been this year? Yeah, yeah. I mean that for from that from that reason he's just gonna not necessarily improve, but probably regress to the mean and start scoring goals because law of averages. I don't know. Yeah, you would you would think so at this point. You'd think his value is pretty much at its bottom right now. Um if mm-hmm. he's bad for the rest of the year, it's not gonna you know, it's not gonna be as if you're gonna sell him for much less than you would now, so I don't know. Although, then again, teams are willing to pay a premium in January for proven goal scorers, even if they haven't scored a lot lately. Yeah. So maybe maybe we sell him based on that. Yeah, it's it's possible, but I think I mean unless we unless we move another striker on, I don't see one being brought in, and I don't think it's what we need in the window either. Although Jonathan Koja is going to the African Cup of Nations and. Without him, Villa have nothing. Yeah, I am really hoping for a swift exit for his team. Sorry, Jonathan, mm-hmm. but <laughs> we need you back. Yeah, it's un- it's unfortunate that the Ivory Coast are one of the better African sides, but... It really is. <laughs> yeah, so... I mean, I think we can talk about Leeds for a minute now because of, because of Koja and his penalty rescued the match. Yeah. Um... But... He's yeah, pretty ahead. consistently been, I think, our best player this year. Yeah, and just most most dependable. Like he always looks likely to to actually do something. Yeah, absolutely. Compared, always trying to create. To nearly everyone else. <laughs> yeah, always trying to create. Always there, trying to score, and putting in a decent effort at scoring most of the time. Um, yeah, and like pressing the back line. You know, so I don't know. I don't. I don't see a lot of players pressing like he does. For us. Yeah, absolutely. And and his ability to make chances from basically anywhere in the box is something that we haven't had for years. Um, he can be almost anywhere in there and make something of it. And that's just, it's fun to watch and it's something that Villa really need because we don't have a lot of other creativity in the side. 
Yeah, exactly. I think that's a that's a really good point. And I, I guess sorry to go back to goal the goalkeeping thing, but Leeds hit the post twice. They they could have had a, a big win, but Mark Bond made a bad error that gave away the goal as well. So it's kind yeah. of a so I mean minus that error, and suddenly Villa have themselves a win against one of the top sides in the league. And you know that's the sort of thing that goalkeeping errors lead to. But I don't think that's worth throwing Bun under the bus for. Everyone makes it. No, but it's, it's, wor- it's worth switching him back out of the team, maybe. Yeah, I, I can buy that. Um, I, think, I think we'll see that this weekend anyway, but... Um, we'll probably see Johnston this weekend. Yeah, I think so. Um... But, yeah, I don't know. It's It was good to get a point. I was a little disappointed that we couldn't turn around the result from earlier in the month. Um, the, I had the hopes that we could do. The disappointing thing for me was that the first five minutes of the game, Villa had their foot on Leeds' throat. And, I don't know, when you're like that, you have to you have to capitalize. You have to get at least a goal out of that. It was in Leeds' final third for, yeah, probably the whole first five minutes and then most of the first ten minutes Villa were... In like dictating the game, yeah, um, and we've seen that a few times this year. I mean, heck, we saw that a little bit against Cardiff. There was that stretch where Villa were were really bossing things around, and they just couldn't get anything out of it. Um, it doesn't feel as bad as it has in previous years, but Villa are still a team that have a lot of problems scoring. Yeah, it just it just feels like Villa are cursed or or something. I don't know what it is about it. Yeah, um, I I don't get it either. It's, you know, we've got the ability there. On paper, this should be a team that can actually find the back of the net with some consistency. And, you know, it feel it feels so much better this year because we're actually generally scoring about a goal a match or so. But that's pretty pathetic, all things considered. Yeah, what at, at this point last year, what did we have, two wins? I, something like that. <laughs> So I felt like I mean, we had two wins for the whole year. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I mean, you'd you'd hope they could do that in the championship. So at least that that's been happening. But um, I mean, I if think... you look at go- at the goal scoring numbers, Villa, there are only let's see, one, two, three teams who have scored fewer goals than Villa. Four teams who have scored fewer goals than Villa in the championship. That's horrible. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, and it's a testament to our defense that we're in 12th and that we have a positive goal differential because that defense has been really solid. But 26 goals in 25 matches is really bad. Yeah, no, it's it's really pathetic because what you you probably should have twice as many, honestly, with yeah. the play with the players that you bought, with the money you spent on forwards and the forwards that already were on the roster. Like looking at Rudy, he had four goals. McCormick three, IU two, and yeah. I was actually I was looking at something interesting the other day, and it was um, transfer efficiency on transfer marked, and it basically shows you how much money the the like a specific side paid per goal, basically or per win. So, hold on, I'm just pulling this up again. And so, Burton Albion, their squad purchase value is 358,000 euros. And they've they've only won six games, but that's 60k per win. Avila, squad costs 98.87 million to assemble, have eight wins at 12.36 million euros per win. Good lord. And so Burton, yeah, they've paid fourteen thousand per point, and Villa have paid two point eight two million per point. Newcastle two point seven two million per point. They really, they really had an expensive squad. Yeah, but, but I mean, it seems still, to be paying they're off. They're still for them. only paying. Yeah, they're paying about eight million a win, same as Norwich. So, you know, it's I don't know. It's just it's just a funny thing to look at. It is, and you know, but it's something that we should be doing better with. Um... But despite the fact that we're having so much trouble goal scoring, I don't think we need a new striker so much. I think no, we no, need... we just need the ones to work, the current ones to work. And yeah, Kudge has been great, nine goals. Yeah, and that's you know that's what we wanted. That's what McCormick should have at this point. 
Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, you know, unfortunately he does not, obviously. Um, but I don't know. I think it's it's... This is a team that needs more midfield help. This is a team that needs some connection between that really strong defense and the attack. We saw that in... And I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but we saw that in the Cardiff match without Mila Jednak, and that midfield just got totally run over. You know, we see that we see that every time because for some reason our managers think more strikers equals more goals, and we end the that we end the match with five forwards on the pitch, and they can't get the ball because there's no one to give them the ball. It's and you know you say get ahead of ourselves, but we're not because we'll we'll go back to transfers and like we need a, a central midfielder. Yeah, and absolutely. Someone someone linked was uh, Henry Lansbury of Nottingham Forest, who uh, he scored he scored against us this year, really early, really early in the season when we played them. Yeah. Um, and he is he has six goals and three assists, and yeah, he's I don't know why Forest would sell him for three million. I guess his contract's running out, and apparently they could get a transfer embargo, so that I guess that would be why they would sell him. But yeah. Um, Still, I mean, I, it, that's it's like it's like they're only two two points above the drop. If they sold him for three million and went down, they're going to lose a lot more than three million. Oh yeah. Um, so I find that a little hard to believe that they would sell him. But at the especially same time, especially to Villa, like Villa, Villa wastes money left and right. You can make Villa pay you. Yeah, but you know, if Villa were to sign him, that's a smart move. He instantly would become our second best scorer on the team, which is sad, but. You know, I would take it. I like that. Yeah, sort of I mean, he's he's had a good season. Yeah. Uh, you know, that whole team has been sort of garbage this year, but he's had himself a fine season, and he's the sort of player that we need. Um, you know, Ashley Westwood and Gary Gardner got maligned a lot after the last match because of some erroneous stats from Opta, but stats or no they just have not been cutting it this year they keep getting run over in that midfield and they need someone with a little more spine in the middle of the park there they both kind of do the same thing and that thing is mostly nothing yeah um, and when kojo scores no one remembers them because they didn't matter yeah and uh, you know, I just, the, I just don't think. I think we need to. I think with them in the midfield, with someone else, like you're saying, someone else who can, who can do something. They, they do protect that back four. They are useful. I shouldn't, I shouldn't say that because they're part of the defense. But someone who could take it forward and just crossing the ball isn't a good strategy, especially without just dead. So it's stupid to play wingers, and we don't have any wingers anyway. So pack them in. Pack Yedinak back in there, get one of Westwood and Gardner out and put in Lansbury and then put Grealish at the top of it and just play through the middle and just outplay everyone because you're more talented players and you should actually play football instead of playing long ball that works to avoid relegation, which is what Bruce has done in the past. Like, I don't know. We have a very skillful team. Yeah, it's true. And they just need to figure out the way to put it together finally. Or yeah, someone someone does. I don't know if the players necessarily do, but you know, like, and it's sad because Adoma's been pretty good, but we don't we don't need to use the wings. Yeah, uh, you and... know the interesting the interesting thing I sort of take away from a lot of the anger that I have at this transfer window is I'm angry, and yet this team is so much better off than they were at this point last year. But we also should be in first or second. We should be, but, I mean, it's one of those things where I'm I'm a little torn. Because, yeah, we absolutely should be, especially with the money we've spent uh, and the ambitions that have been laid out for us. But at the same time, there's I don't feel any dread this year. I feel annoyance. I feel anger at Aston Villa. But I don't think this is a team that's doomed. I don't think this is a team that's screwed forever. This is a team that, right now, would probably sit comfortably around 10 to 12 in the championship for a long time. And it's not going to take much to push them forward from here. No, no, no. And I agree because, you know, coming into the season, you think, okay, high expectations. And Di Matteo didn't work out. So it's like, okay, well, now we have to right the ship. And so Bruce's preseason kind of just ended in December, mm -hmm. <laughs> effectively. And yeah, maybe we should be a little better off, but... 
the playoffs aren't out of the possibility. I don't know. I'm just annoyed because I'll have to watch Periscopes for another year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're not even remotely out of the possibility, though. We're only seven points off of the playoff positions. With a positive goal differential, this, you know, this is a team that's not yeah, going to take you, much you gotta, to you're gonna, around. You gotta, you gotta score to get the wins, and like, it's still just hard to see a score. That's the thing, it's just hard to see a scoring that yeah, many. I mean, you're right. But we could be like a Derby County. 24 goals and only 18 allowed. Yeah, look, what do they play in Italy? Like, come on. <laughs> um. So... Yeah, the other the other player that was linked with Villa, another center midfielder, was Conor Hurahan. I think that's how you say it. Um, <laughs> Irish Barnsley. Barnsley bought him for two hundred fifty thousand in twenty fourteen. He would cost a lot more than that, but he's a, a central midfielder and he really does everything for Barnsley. And he's a goal scoring central midfielder. You probably saw my profile from on mm-hmm. the site. So if if not, you can check that out on seventy five hundred hold dot com. Obviously. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It, it, he scored the winner the other day, and it's like uh, we could we could use a player who scores winners late in the day, a midfielder. <laughs> so it was it was a really good really good strike. But yeah, absolutely. I think I think that's what we that's what we need to add in the windows is midfield help. Midfield help, and I know he's been fine. I, like not an egregious whore this year, but good God, get a new right back. Every time we start a match with Alan Hutton at right back is a time when Aston Villa are not the team that they should be. Yeah, it's just a waste. It's just a waste. Like, at least, I mean, Bakuna's been playing well in midfield, but try Leandro Bakuna at right back and just... No, don't try Leon. I'm so tired of screwing him around. Um, get, get an honest-to-God right back. Buy someone who can play that position. I mean, we thought we had one. Uh, with what's his Maybe name? They're hoping Delate. Maybe they're hoping Rich Delate comes back next year, and Hutton's just a temporary. But it just That's seems like Hutton. Hutton is our right back of purgatory. Like we're going to be stuck with him forever. I mean, yeah, and he's not egregiously bad. Alan Hutton has been much worse in his career than he has been this year. So I, I don't hate, it, but just for some he's reason, just in my mind, frustratingly bad at the wrong times. Yeah, and it's frustrating to know that I cheer for a team that routinely starts Alan Hutton at right back. That even employs Alan Hutton in any capacity. <laughs> uh, I mean, he's hardly the worst one we employ. Remember, Micah Richards is still around. Yeah, but at least he <laughs> did us a favor and hurt himself so he doesn't have to be in the team. <laughs> um, yeah, so we, we you can't sell him probably because he's not due back until February, but I'm really hoping Villa could somehow get rid of Elphick because oh. that was a total failure. Yeah, that... Boy, I thought in the first match or so, I thought he was going to be good, and then he just fell off the cliff. He's like the anti-Yednak, because he had a couple yeah, exactly. of good matches and, you know, disappeared, and Yednak was garbage for his first couple of matches, and then suddenly became what we thought he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a player that was actually kind of worth the money we paid pals for, yeah. because it was a lot of money. Um, yeah, something something funny that I thought we should talk about was the, the Libor Kozak stuff. <laughs> so Libor Kozak apparently apparently April Fool's Day is actually on New Year's Eve in the Czech Republic. <laughs> I I don't get it all. Um but yeah, he told us he was transferred. He gave us as he James tweeted. put it he, Yeah. He the, the dodgiest photoshop of all time. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, th- I think it was. So what, on, on New Year's Eve, him and his, I don't know if it was just him or his friends decided to play play a prank and have him tweet out a picture with, the, yeah, a picture and him saying that he signed for a, a Czech club. Then he, he comes out and says, nope, I'm just kidding. I can't, so the thing that I don't get, like, he's obviously not part of our team. No one really cares at this point, which still makes me sad because I like Libor, but... Like, can you imagine any player just being like, yeah, I got transferred as a joke and no one being angry about it? No one cares. Yeah, exactly. We all think it's funny. There's, I mean, from his perspective, YOLO, because no one at the top of the club is, like, going to do anything. What's, what are they going to do? Actually get him a transfer? (laughs) I mean, at this point is, is, I mean, God, remember how up in arms everyone got about Yaya Torre tweeting about a cake? Yeah. This guy, like, made a rumor on Twitter that he was transferred. And everyone's like, huh, lol. 
Yeah, because what the day before he's like, oh, some maybe some Italian teams or something like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just uh, so so baffled by all of this. I mean, it's hilarious, but I am just I can't come to terms with it. That's it's hilarious. Good job, Libor. Thanks <laughs> yep. for thanks for entertaining us. For the match against Leeds, I went to the Globe Pub in Chicago and talked to Cameron Hall, chairman of the London Lions Supporters Club. All right, we're at the Globe Pub in Chicago. Leeds versus Villa just finished, ended 1-1. I'm with Kevin Hall, chairman of the London Lions. He's in Chicago for the day, so, you know, why'd, why'd you come to Chicago? I was talking to you a little bit at, at halftime, but, you know, it's, it seems like you've been enjoying the experience. Yeah, no, I've had a great time. I just thought um, it would be fun to come somewhere new for New Year's to welcome in uh, 2017. And, uh, uh, yeah, Chicago is pretty high up on my list of places to visit and um, just checked out the games when I... I was uh, on my way over and um, so happened that was a TV fixture on and I know Simon through playing in the chairman's matches at Villa Park at the end of the season and I'm um, so glad to be able to finally make it out to the Globe Pub. Yeah, I was going to ask how, how you knew Simon, but obviously obviously through that, Simon's the chairman, of course, of the Chicago Villains, so he's always playing in the chairman's matches, going out there, awarding Brad Guzan the Player of the Year Award <laughs> a couple a couple years ago. Yeah, obviously we saw Mark Bunn today, and Villa had a late comeback to get that draw, so I think, I mean, it was a good point, Leeds are a good side. Yeah, I think so. I think considering the fact that they came at us in the second half, first half was a bit flat all round, and then they came back out at half time. I think the team with more impetus. The fact that we managed to turn it around from going a goal down, um, I think it's a, a, a very good point to keep our home records um, intact. It's definitely something different than we've seen from Villa the past couple of years. You know, the the home form has been, I don't know, regrettable, I guess. Or yeah, it's been awful. Season ticket holders, I feel so sorry for them. The fact that they haven't really seen many victories at all, it's been dismal. Um, that it's really impressive, the fact that we still managed to keep it going all the way through until December. So I think it's a, a very good point against a decent decent side that we're competing really uh, for a playoff place for, hopefully. Yeah, certainly. I mean, it's more than half a season now without a defeat at home. That's, you know, yeah, yeah. no way. I, d- I don't, that. yeah, I think considering the past five years, we can't complain about that. And it's important as well, if we are going to make a promotion challenge, that we keep that home record intact. And if we can improve our away form a little bit more, then I think we'll put ourselves in with a really good chance. Yeah, because the, the top two spots seem unreachable with yeah. Brighton and Newcastle. They're yeah, definitely. just far ahead of everyone, but... Um, yeah, so like we were saying, you're the chairman of the London Lions, and I was talking to you a little bit at halftime, and you said, yeah, sorry, you've said that basically since we've gone down to the championship, it's kind of brought a lot of Villa fans together, at least from what you've been saying. Yeah, I think so. I think I think overall, Villa fans are actually. Um, quite well spirited and the fact that we have had such sort of hard times over the past few years has actually brought a lot of fans closer together just in general because we do have quite a good uh, uh, nature and humour amongst supporters I think at Villa Park there's a lot of negativity at times with kind of the boo boys but I think on the whole most fans uh, uh, enjoy um, sort of the coming togethers that we have with the away games in particular back home in the UK you know there's a certain type of fan that attends those matches and um, and does so with a smile on their face no matter what the result is and I think definitely in the championship we sort of galvanise the supporters a little bit more and, and you know it's nice to be winning games as well having that winning feeling um, that has come through stepping down a tier because we'd lost that um, over the past few years yeah yeah, even this year under Di Matteo, we were not winning all the time. And since Steve Bruce comes in, I don't know what the formula is for him, but it's worked. And I like how you mentioned the humor. We were here on Valentine's Day last year, and it was Liverpool, and it was 6-0. And after every goal, it's oh, we're going to win 3-2, or we're going to win 4-3, or yeah, whatever. Yeah. It didn't work, but obviously, but... And that so was a, that was a, of, yeah. a terrible game as well. I think it's quite appropriate, kind of talking about that in Chicago, because that was our own sort of Valentine's Day massacre. Yeah, um, yeah, it was uh, it was horrific. But you know, if you if you don't laugh, you'll cry. But thankfully, I think um, I think you mentioned you, you don't know kind of what that component is. I think really, it's Steve Bruce who's got kind of the experience of the league to know how to get the best out of his players to grind out the results and I think um, it's funny that Steve Bruce of all people should almost be our saviour 
Um, I don't think he's there yet because you haven't achieved anything yet, but certainly steadied the ship and you know grinding out results and the fact that we're we're now able to score a goal in the 85th minute as opposed to conceding a goal to get something out of the game instead of losing something from the game. I think mentally, psychologically, that's that's huge. huge. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of the opposite of Di Matteo. We were conceding yeah. some late goals and now Bruce comes in and he would agree with you that he he said he hasn't really done anything yet because. You know, we're still in the championship, I guess. But like like you're saying, I think his championship record is encouraging, especially in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's, it's a big challenge for us to get into those playoff places. And then once we're there, obviously, it's, it's like a lottery. It's a gamble, which... If we can, if we can make some shrewd signings in January, and I think today's game has proven that we we definitely need a new goalkeeper. Um, obviously, he's been changing um, the, the keepers and bought run back in, but he was at fault for the goal. He should have done better. You know, in the last game against Leeds, you know, our, our other goalkeeper just it's cost us too many points this season. I think if we can address that, address the right back situation as well, and maybe bring in a. A, a midfielder I don't know what's happened to Tishibola who I actually thought started off the season really well but I think we bring somebody in the middle of the park then um, those three positions with strength could help us to make a really solid push for those playoff spots yeah it's, I mean obviously it's good to see the team improving I feel like the past month or so has kind of almost been like Steve Bruce's preseason because he, you yeah. know, he didn't have that but. yeah yeah, it seems like the team is clicking, and I agree with with a couple a couple signings we could really push on because those top two spots seem unreachable. But once you get in the playoffs, like you said, it, it's a lottery. Uh, I guess my final question is probably, what's your favorite Villa memory? It's a good question. Um, I think I think I've probably got I've got I've got a couple, um, and for different reasons. Uh, I think in 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 terms of matches. The semi-final at Wembley against Liverpool um, a few years ago was one of the most incredible atmospheres uh, Villa game that I've ever been involved in. Uh, especially you were at the match. I was at the game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, managed to get tickets for most of the members of our supporters club, and um, we just there was just something in the air that day where you felt like it was our day. And and even though we went a goal behind to come back and play as well as we did at a time when the team was struggling overall, we were fighting against relegation we obviously managed to survive it that season but that game to me felt like our cup final and that was the first time I'd actually seen Villa win at Wembley being there in person I've been a couple of other times before where we've been beat but that was a pretty special day and the atmosphere afterwards we just stayed out for hours just celebrating the results Um, and then on a personal note um, in a game um, that I played um, uh, against Simon at Villa Park being being a chairman so the, the local the English chairman the English Lions Club chairman against the overseas Lions Club yeah, chairman. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, so we're privileged and fortunate enough at the end of the season to play each other after the last home game and go onto the pitch at Villa Park. And um, I came on as a sub just before half time. We were actually winning 3 0, and as soon as I came on, it went to 3 all. Um, but just, just within those few minutes, um, uh, managed to put us up um, to 4 3 by delivering a an assist to Lee Hendry um, and I played this beautiful through ball pass which went over Ian Taylor's head and landed um, at uh, Lee Hendry's feet and he buried it so we went into half time winning 4-3 and to, to make that assist to a former England international and a, a player that I used to watch as a kid growing up that felt pretty special No, I can't, I can't even imagine that's incredible so yeah, yeah. alright Cameron thank you thank you very much Cameron runs the Twitter account for the London Lions. You can follow him at AVFC London Lions. Okay, folks, I hope you enjoyed the interview. Um, now we're going to move on to Spurs because that's what's coming up this weekend. You said earlier, Robert, you think Johnson's going to play. Yeah, because um, why not? It's the FA Cup. Let's. Do you think we can flame out in the first round? I'm hoping that Spurs throw six past Johnston and we get Galini. <laughs> it's we realize a, our mistake immediately. No, no, I'm hoping it just happens and then he just looks like trash. I mean, sorry, but I'd rather have Galini. Yeah. The worst case scenario is Galini playing this game and that happening to him. Oh, God. Oh. A good scenario would be Galini having the game of his life against Spurs. 
Yeah. But a realistic that... scenario is Galini playing pretty well, letting in two, and Bruce only looking at goals conceded and not the probably eight saves he'll make. It's kind of horrifying to go up against Spurs right now because they've been pretty darn good this year. Yeah, they have. Yeah, they they just beat Chelsea yesterday. So, mm-hmm. yeah, today's Thursday. I don't know when you listen, but they beat them on Wednesday. It was comprehensive. And, of course, Deli Alley, two goals, and he's fantastic just showing why you should play 20-year-olds. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they're, you know, 12 wins from 20 played is a good takeaway, and their 42 points is good enough to have them in third right now. It's This is not the time I want to be playing Spurs. My only hope is maybe that, you know, since they're doing so well in the league, they'll really sort of take the cup as we play our youngsters here, and Villa might have some chance. Because otherwise, we're going to get slaughtered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. If it was, was first-choice squad against first-choice squad, it wouldn't be a game. Yeah. Um, it's one of those things where it's like you almost wish you could see the... Um, the Spurs lineup before you chose our own because if they put out a first choice squad, we should just like throw out some tackling dummies or something because we're not going to win. Yeah, exactly. It's like, can you just come to agreement with Poch to just both play our kids so our kids can get experience and your kids who are better can beat our kids, but our kids can still get experience but not get thumped? Like, the problem can you, is, can if you do we that? just go by a definition of kids, we're still going to have to face Dele Ali. Yeah, exactly. But I'm thinking like Harry Winks and like I don't know who, whoever they're. Yeah, I mean it's it's going to be a tough match. I I don't see any way that Villa come out of this with even a draw. <laughs> no, I don't think so. That that would be miraculous, and of course it's going to be on freaking TV. Mm, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be on FS1 in in the US. Uh, it's and I guess we should announce the match time. <laughs> it's what it's five it's five o'clock, Sunday Sunday evening. Uh, I think it's four o'clock. Four, four yeah, o'clock, four o'clock, o'clock Sunday evening, eleven Eastern, eight yeah, ten, or, t- ten Central. Uh, it's yeah, I don't know. This strikes me as. It was just the worst draw because, you know, after we flamed out of the League Cup, there were hopes that, hey, maybe we'll have ourselves a nice little run in the FA Cup. And chances are we're done after our first match in the FA Cup. Yeah, we're certainly cooked. It's it's away. It's already over. But, you know, like, who did Chelsea? Chelsea got, like, Peterborough United. or Like, give us some, some team. Even, like, Rotherham or, like, who cares? Like, someone yeah. who, who we could reasonably get through mm-hmm. and then play another bad team in the second round. And then, like, maybe beat Hull, who played some even worse teams or something in the third round. And then you're like, okay. Why couldn't we get Sunderland? Wish we had gotten Sunderland instead of Tottenham. I don't, I don't know. Sunderland played really well the, the other day. <laughs> um, Manone made 12 saves and then Defoe scored two penalties. And they drew I was going to say, was that the Liverpool match funny. that you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was. But, I was actually yeah, really impressed. I, I I really understand what you're saying because they don't care about the cup at all. They would they would put a, a bomb squad in the cup and we could win that. Yeah, so you're right. I mean they're 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 busy fighting to be the team that's in 19th come April and still somehow survive, like they yeah, do exactly. every freaking year. Yeah, it's you just can't bet against Sunderland because they keep giving you reasons not to like. I mean, just think of where they were a month and a half ago. We were positive that they were relegated. And now they're back. Of course they are, because they're frickin' Sunderland. Yeah, back from the dead. The most annoying club in football, I think. (laughs) You're just mad that we didn't do that last year. Oh, I'm mad that they do it every frickin' year. But yeah, I'm really mad that we didn't do it. But we were doing it every year for a while. But not three, not to three, the same yeah. extent that they were. No, no, no. They're it's literally great escape stuff. But yeah, I mean that's the thing. Every single year they've got the best comeback since their last season. Exactly. <laughs> they, yeah, they, and they they just one up themselves every year, so that is pretty annoying, I, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it's you know Villa had been doing some oh we're rubbish, but we managed to stay up, but not on the level of Sunderland. Yeah, but just doing it through like stupid draws of every game, not like five wins in a row yeah which is just you know they always string that together and you know it's coming for them and it doesn't even matter who the manager is because that guy will get sacked the following fall and they'll just rinse and repeat it's it's it is hilarious admittedly yeah yeah, it's it's hilarious and also the most annoying thing in football 
Yeah. I I hate Sunderland with a passion. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hopefully, some people at Roker Report were listening, <laughs> so that'll be funny. Um, yeah. So anyway, we're we're gonna lose to Spurs because it's on TV, and we're gonna we're gonna finish the episode talking about Wolves because I'm going to be out of out of town next week, and it's the the 14th of January, so it will be the following Saturday, and Paul Lambert. What else do I have to say? <laughs> I mean, we used to do well against him when he was in Norwich. No, no, he used to do well against us when he was oh, at Norwich. That's then we right. got him. Then we beat Norwich because of him. That's right. But I we haven't faced him since. Ah, oh, crap. We're doomed. Then is what you're saying. Yeah, the the interesting storyline would be if somehow we sold Westwood to Wolves before the match. That would be. <laughs> Do, do you front think of that's papers, some, front of the tabloids. Do you think that's something that we should try? <laughs> yeah, why not? That <laughs> <laughs> would be funny. Hey, Paul, do you want Westy? No, well, I mean, I think last week or something I saw a rumor that was saying wolves and someone on Twitter was like, F off, Lambert. But <laughs> <laughs> why Why not? Uh, um, and and Yeah. yeah. I, well, I don't Bruce, know. I, Bruce's I first think... game was against Wolves, and they had a different manager last time. <laughs> Didn't right? they? Uh, yeah. yeah, they did. Um, I don't know. I I think it would be kind of fun to beat Paul Lambert. <laughs> but at the I same think it would time, be a lot of fun. But at the same time, in terms of narrative, Lambert's got to win this, right? Yeah. After yeah, all then, the shit that throw, Villa put him through. Throw a, a big party at his house in Brum, and Gabby will have to be there. Like, Lambert needs to win it and just throw up the double bird. Yeah. Uh, You know, I I was ready for Paul Lambert to go, but I feel a lot for that guy. I mean, he did a lot of dumb things. I mean, I I think we can let it go because it's not like Tony had anything to do with it. It's totally new at Villa, you know. Yeah, that's true. And it's exactly why this whole game is just a a tabloid storyline, because none of it is really, you know, whatever. Lambert, Lambert... Didn't have any money. He did fine. We sold some of the best players he bought. Now we're shit. Yep. (laughs) Fact. (laughs) Yep. There we go. I mean, yeah, he made a lot of mistakes, and he wasn't a great manager, but boy, did he get screwed over by Lerner. You know? Yeah, he was an adequate manager. Like, he kept us up, and then he ran into trouble, didn't get help, and, you know, ran out of time. And then he got Sherwood. He reasonably should still be our manager. He was, he's still, his contract still was running through at least now. Yeah. Remember when he signed that new contract and didn't win for a month? Yeah, that was. Yeah, no, I know. He beat Liverpool and then, ugh. (laughs) Yeah. But, I don't know, let's, just looking at the table, Wolves are in 16th, 29 points, so six, six points behind us. They've, obviously they've been worse, but they're just one of those championship sides that, middle of the pack and anyone can beat anyone in that group really yeah um yeah it's it's really tightly packed there a win or a loss is really going to move you up and down a couple of places but it would it's the kind of team yeah, that we only, really do only need 12, to... there's only 12 points or really 13 points between or sorry this will be a better stat there's only 15 points between seventh which is one spot below the playoff and 21st, which is one spot above relegation. So yeah. that that just shows you how tight the league is. You know, and thank God Villa are closer to the uh, the playoff spot than they are to relegation. But, yeah, 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 certainly. You know, but th- this only, is the match only seven, that... Seven points away from the playoff and 11 above relegation, just to give you that yeah. picture. This is... I'm not sure you can say this is a match that Villa should win, but it's a match that it would be really good if they won. We are getting into that territory, though, of looking at the playoff, where every game is kind of becoming a must-win. Yeah. Um, you but, know, so long as some of the before, other teams before, keep hanging around. Yeah, before I, I get ahead of myself on a negative tangent like that, it was a great first half of the season at Villa Park. 12 matches, 6 wins, 6 draws, no losses. That's great. Yeah, Villa Park might actually be the fortress it used to be again. Yeah, that's what it's supposed to be, and it could be a little better. You could you could be winning some of those games, but a lot of them we just drew under Di Matteo, so whatever. Some yeah. cost. Wolves is going to be away, and 
away from home, Villa have two wins, five draws, six losses, less than a point per match, and being outscored 14-7. to seven. Only seven goals in 13 away matches. That needs to change. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's where a lot of those goal-scoring problems that we were talking about have come from. Exactly. And, you know, you, you're going to play better with that home crowd, what, whatever, even though our away fans are always always audible. But, yeah, it's, you know, I... I still the best away support in the league, and I don't know how that's possible given how garbage we are when we play away. Yeah, I mean, it's just a credit to the fans, and even all the fans that still show up at home, good on you. It was great to see everyone there Boxing Day. It was, it was packed. It was great, and to see more of that at Villa Park, so... Yeah. Good job to everyone who's been going. Yeah, I don't know. I think we'll, I think we'll, end, up, I think we'll end up beating Wolves. I, I think so, too. <laughs> I, I think this is a match that sees us Although, then again, it depends on how much we get demoralized against Spurs. That's yeah, true, but it also depends on the team we use against Spurs, so... Yeah, that's true. We'll see. Um, yeah, so there will, there will be a lot more transfer news, obviously, still coming just five days into the window. Keep checking on 7500hold.com for that. We try to only really get things that are, I don't know, plausible, good sources and stuff like that. To stay out of the gossip, because you, you really... Like, you like... I mean, even Lee Kozak can make up his own transfer rumors, but um, yeah, I think I think Robert Robert really enjoyed that. I know I enjoyed this episode. Hopefully, you enjoyed listening to it. So you can follow me on Twitter at Jack Grimsey. You can follow Robert at seventy five hundred underscore Robert, and of course at seventy five hundred to Holt. So interact with us on Facebook, Twitter. We love hearing your comments and suggestions. So hopefully, Villa can. <laughs> look useful against Spurs. I guess it's not getting out of ourselves, but hopefully Villa can take some points against Wolves going forward. So anything else, Robert? I think that's it for me today. All right. Goodbye from me as well. Thanks for listening. And see you-